<laughs> on December 15th, the betrayal happened. On the same night as I uploaded episode of the Gamma Analysis with Keith, the Avengers brought him on their show. They stole my Keith. And a week later, I told them there would be consequences. Ha, 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 ha. It's time for some of those consequences. Keith may have thought that I'd be forcing him to watch Highlighter, but he was so, so very wrong. I have forced Keith to watch Howard the Duck and review it with me. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Smash Trivia. I'm your host, Smash Trivia John. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram by searching Smash Trivia to follow everything happening with me. I'll be the one with the big old green head in the profile picture. I'm so excited to get into this. This is the Gamma Analysis. Basically, in this series, I'm going to review everything Hulk. All the movies and TV shows, and maybe at some point I could get into comics, but that's a while off. And today, as you already heard, I am not actually reviewing Hulk. Um, I hope you enjoy Smash Trivia Presents the Gamma Analysis. I want to ask everyone listening if they could please do sign for me. Please share the hell out of this podcast with all your friends because I really want to get the gamma analysis to be big enough that by the time She-Hulk comes out, maybe I could become press and either get the first episode early or be invited to the, pre- the premiere or even just get one of the press goodie bags. Normally, my podcast is mostly positive vibes, but that's being thrown out the window today as I'm being a villain and I'm forcing my prisoner guest to watch <laughs> time the most consider a bad film my prisoner guest today is keith <laughs> hello hi keith <laughs> so i have a trivia question for you as i always do let's see if you can uh and think of the uh the answer to this one okay. so what are the names of the three duck films that we see posters for in the movie oh shit What's crazy is I, I I made note of in my notes the duck puns that they did with the actors' names. I totally blank and blanking on the actual films. Dang it. No, I have no idea. Okay. Well, I will <laughs> tell the answer to that later in the show. Can't wait. And I don't recap what I watched scene by scene, so I highly recommend watching the film before listening. And this episode, I want to shout out. The There Was an Idea in MCU podcast. Please check them out. You won't regret it. All right. So here we go with this review. So first off, uh, I want to know, what did you think of this film? Well, sir, if you were trying to torture um, me, who who grew up nonstop watching weird shit that he shouldn't have, um, I I, I think you found the the wrong torture subject or the wrong torture implement, my friend, because uh, this is basically, you're basically talking to somebody who loves to get their fingernails pulled out with pliers. Um, no, this is, a, this is a type of movie that would sit on the VHS section of the video store I worked at, and I would check out movies like this all the time. This, this, I had not seen this one, but I've seen stuff like Earth Girls Are Easy. Have you ever heard of a movie called Earth Girls Are Easy? No, I have not strangest cast in the world it has gina davis jeff goldblum jim carrey and damon waynes and the three guys play aliens that come down to earth and they are covered in singular color blue or red or yellow fur 
and then they somehow get a makeover at a at a local salon and look like humans and pass for humans the rest of the film, and it's a musical. So I grew up liking that movie, if you can imagine. This is like a probably like a twenty three year old Jim Carrey movie, which is very strange um, to think of. But yeah, no, I I enjoyed thoroughly Howard the Duck. I think it may, gave a lot of context to the couple of cameo scenes we see in the MCU of Howard the Duck. It clearly is a is a movie that James Gunn enjoys, which I you know I'm glad because he does fit the Guardians narrative and Guardians theme very well. Yeah. Um, and it felt like a, like an early precursor, honestly, to the type of shit we see in Guardians. If it wasn't for movies like this being a chance being taken on weird movies like this, I don't think we'd get Guardians. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, uh, and I also really like this film as some people may know, uh, as I already did actually a review for this film on my YouTube channel, but yeah, I I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed this film with how uh, because of um it has quite the um reputation surrounding it. Uh yeah, so I I was so surprised when I saw it. Uh and and I was sad that I couldn't talk about it with someone else when I uh, I made the review on YouTube. So I'm so happy to be able to actually talk to someone else about what I saw here to, or this time. I can understand that would be that would be maddening. That would be crazy to to be like to feel like the only person in like the last twenty years who'd watched this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll uh, get started off with my first note from the film. So right off the bat, we see two moons and i i really like this because it was pretty obvious that it, george lucas was putting a tatooine reference into this which uh, also if you don't know george lucas the creator of star wars is also the creator of this i just remembered one of the movies uh that gets referenced later that is a pun a duck pun movie that you you're asking me in the trivia question it's the only one i'm gonna get because i don't remember the other two breeders of the lost stork is one of the three movies because of Lucasfilm or Lucas's involvement in this. I remember that one. And I don't remember why I didn't write the other two down, but mm -hmm. that was great. <laughs> um, And I honestly really thought it was pretty cool how they took the time to actually make these duck movie posters. I thought that was really cool. Um, And like they, I actually looked online while I was watching this the first time uh, months ago for my review on YouTube and no one knows where those posters are. They, uh, oh, wow. they, there has never been any auctions that sold them and no, and there is no digital copy copy that's been online. So they, uh, so anyone who's wanted something like that, they literally had to have someone custom made, uh, custom recreate it. Wow. Yeah. Which I, um, I would imagine Seth so Green or James Gunn. I could see Seth Green or James Gunn having a copy of that on their on their wall. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. That's really weird that you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. Um. And like, honestly, those movie posters, like, if someone were selling them and I had the money to do it, I would love to be able to, like, particularly like the. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ork. Like that, that would be so cool to be able to own just a piece from this ridiculous film 
Absolutely. I, I when when this movie and and like you say the the attention to detail not only in the posters but in everything like this is a first what five minutes the first five minutes of the movie and the amount of detail that they went with not only like I'm sure they could have done full like full size duck costumes for a lot of this so they wouldn't have to miniaturize everything but they went to details like the photography in his in his apartment the the like the, the the duck puns in every corner of the room like even mm-hmm. just the ex the ex duck friend of his the ex fling of his calling and saying um you know uh, this I, I can't remember the message but like the postcard saying our our bills pressed up against each other uh that was hilarious the <laughs> the the wc fields and may west names changed to wc fowls and may nest like that's the part that that took my attention in that movie poster but mm-hmm. like you know seconds into this that not only are you in for a just a plethora of duck puns but mm-hmm. also that this character is supposed to be kind of like a down on his luck almost like almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like a pi story you ever watch like an old film noir pi movie there's a there's a great like kind of not even uh, a classic but like a parody of them with uh, the big lebowski where this character who's down as lucky as he's kind of considered a loser character is thrusted into this adventure that he didn't ask for. Mm-hmm. And then he just has to, he has to rise to the challenge of becoming a hero and figure out the mystery and figure out the, the whole thing. It's, it's a very much, it's like a cosmic PI story, which yeah. the, the, the saxophone music at the beginning very much felt like uh, instantly that, that kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, Oh, you talk about how much attention the details put into even just those first five minutes in the film. It honestly saddens me how little people have seen this film because of the reputation it has, because they put so much effort into it. Mm-hmm. They really went all out on this. It's true. Uh, the The thing that made me cackle the first time in the movie, the first laugh it got out of me was him Going just a bunch of shots around the apartment of his achievements through his life, um, photos with his parents, photos of him getting karate trophies, and then, and then one shot of him in full hippie garb, uh, growing pot plants and giving the peace sign. And I was like, that's the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. It's just the fact they threw that in there. I don't think I noticed that, but that is really funny. Oh man, and you know. I really loved the voice they gave to Howard. I think it was it was pretty perfect for him. Yeah, a lot less seedy than I expected. The, the version that Seth Green, Seth Green does is a lot like, I, I hope it's like an older duck or maybe it's more based on the comic version of him, but the, they kind of like charmed him up a bit, I feel, for this movie in the 80s. Yeah. Um, the, I think the first joke in the film that I uh, I really laughed at was when he was uh, uh, swapping through um, TV stations and there's joke making fun of medical dramas where the, the, the doctor is just beating on the patient's chest while the nurse is professing love to him. And then the doctor just <laughs> says, uh, uh, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was one of the funny things too, is the, those, there was like five or six shows that it flips through. Mm-hmm. In none of those were there any duck puns. Those were just shows 
that we'd see in our world, but with ducks. Yeah. But they didn't take that up. And I liked that. I was like, that's okay. Well, they're just trying to make it feel like, okay, this is the only thing that's different in this universe mm-hmm. is the fact that they're all ducks. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That was pretty fantastic. Oh, oh man. Um, I'm trying to find that hippie picture for you. I'm going to take a um, screenshot of it. Uh, one, one thing that I was told before I watched Howard the Duck the first time uh, because like I had been honestly dreading watching it for uh, watching it <laughs> alone for many months, and like I had tried to get uh, uh, get someone to watch it with me, um, trying to do like a watch party sort of thing, and like he was like uh, he kept warning me, and uh, this is Brandon from the um, the oh, Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> he kept warning me, you know, there, there's duck boobs in it. Uh, and I'm like, and. Well, duck I was breast, watching duck it. breast. Yeah. And when I was uh, watching, I'm like, seriously, they're literally on screen for like two seconds. That is not enough to not watch a film. I watched like the like after um, watching the full movie, I watched like a good five minutes of uh, one YouTuber giving his criticisms. And he, he goes on about how he loved this movie growing up. And I, I loved this movie because you know what? It wasn't just because I was a 13-year-old seeing duck breasts for the first time. <laughs> like He was just like mesmerized by it. He was like, and you know what? I was fine with that. Any breasts was great in a movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, man. <laughs> it was a puppet. It was a created puppet. It was pretty funny. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, uh, Off the rails. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I love the the transition through space as he goes mm. to Earth. I thought that was, that was really really well done, and the narration during it, it's Chef's kiss. Oh, um, I wrote I wrote it down. So this is is this not the best description of what we now know as the multiverse? He yes. says the cosmos. Oh countless worlds upon worlds in galaxy in these galaxies every possible reality exists and what is reality on any one world is mere fantasy on all others i was like that's perfect that's a great yes. example of anything that can happen is happening in another universe i love yes it. immediately when i saw this film the first time back in november um like i immediately uh, I saw that i was like Wait, wait. Are we sure it wasn't Howard the Duck who broke the Marvel multiverse? <laughs> it's just been because I'm pretty sure he traveled the multiverse here. Yep. Like, Some it was him or Doctor Jennings. Like that is gonna be uh, that is gonna be a theory that I will have until <laughs> Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness. That <laughs> Howard the Duck is like uh, uh, Howard the Duck is the first MCU film. it would be very out of i feel like it would be very hard to place him in the multiverse of madness because of how dark that movie seems to be but i would not be i wouldn't hate it after seeing this movie tonight i would not hate seeing him pop up and be like did you do this (laughs) and be like though they would have to um they would have to recreate the uh animatronics for Mm. it or do it using CG because have you ever seen uh, uh, seen what those look like now? What? They have uh, not aged well. Look, uh, look up uh, up the um Howard the Duck suit. Oh no! Oh no! 
And it should just when you go on Google Images, it should one of the first things that pops up should probably be it. Um, it's terrifying. Oh no! Yeah, that that, that that's not great. <laughs> oh, that's looking God. more like uh, that's looking more like um, FNAF game. Yep. <laughs> I I don't that's know, Chica. I don't know what happened to that uh, that head that. Over the years, it just like, I guess, disintegrated or something. Yeah, I don't want to know who owned that. Oh god. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it. I I remember reading like it. It sold on eBay for like twelve hundred dollars or something, and then like someone was selling. I think like the body or something, and uh, and then the guy who bought that uh, the head was like, "Yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> buying the rest of them." he's like i am thoroughly disappointed i would like to write a review um this is terrible oh, yeah. saw anything again yeah oh did you notice when he did fly away in space that the earth behind him duck world is egg-shaped i did not notice that it's so funny that just the still image of him flying away from a globe that's otherwise exactly earth but egg-shaped was i i oh, i, I, I laughed pretty hard at that one so good uh so the next thing i wrote was uh i like how right after the assholes give howard to this guy saying that they found him a date howard just plays along as he's being thrown out of the bar saying wait that's my date like what <laughs> i thought it was the dude that that they were like pushing him on that said that i, I thought, thought it was the, so I strange it was howard. but the thing is either way uh, either, either way, way whether strange. it's howard or him <laughs> why are you playing along yeah you were you were it felt like the guy was being bullied into yeah. oh this is your date anyways they're yeah. kind of both being bullied <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that oh, was and, and in that scene seeing uh seeing leah thompson Oh my God. I cannot tell you this. This is the first movie she was in after back to the future. As a kid, I had a huge crush on Leah Thompson because I, I imagine her... everyone did. Yeah. I mean, not only was it back to the future, she was awesome in that, but also um, there was a sitcom in the nineties, Caroline in the city that she was hilarious on. Um, and there was another uh, person in this movie like for like five seconds, one of the other band members in her, it, uh, what are they called? Cherry bomb. Um, one uh, of the band so. members was on a, a sitcom in the 90s too called Hanging with Mr. Cooper and I was excited to see her name pop up and then she was in Howard the Duck for five seconds mm-hmm. but regardless <laughs> Leah Thompson is fantastic and oh, I, yeah. I think this might have been before she learned how to act but also it wasn't that bad it was yeah, pretty it really damn, wasn't she had a better part than most in this movie <laughs> better part uh, than Tim Robbins times and, a thousand <laughs> and I, I honestly really love um leah thompson's singing in this i think she did yeah. a fantastic job singing you uh, could tell it was her it was good yeah so yeah. she actually apparently said in an interview um i think it was actually like a few years ago for uh for like the 30th anniversary um where she was like yeah so uh, oh me singing in the film that is actually me that uh a, and it's because um they could not decide before they uh, uh for releasing the film whether they wanted to dub her or not so she just decided to do the uh, uh do the singing nice because good. they co- uh, couldn't decide 
well yeah <laughs> she 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 proved her her worth in that scenario where i i don't even think i've seen her singing anything else where if she's singing yeah. back to the future i wasn't aware of it but yeah i don't good. think she's, she's damn good. back to the future um i i love the line from howard as he just lands on someone's bike of uh, just are you ready for an incredible story <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to explain to this person who hopefully won't kill him and throw him off the bike. And he's just like, hey, you're going to love this. <laughs> Please let me explain. <laughs> yeah, he's like pleading with them. I love that. There were so many, like, it, it, there's so many great lines right off the, the bat with these. And some of these, like, side characters that don't have a lot of, like, these day players who, like, play the thugs that attack, uh, uh, I want to call her Caroline, but I know it's Leah Thompson. Um, she's uh, one of them says, I, I have been doing too much toot. And he says that because cocaine was very popular <laughs> in the 80s. And that's what they yeah. called it back then. But then he calls oh. it quack foo. Uh, I like the quack foo line too. Yep. That, that was good shit. Uh, and the name you're looking for is Beverly. That's the name Beverly. of yes. Leah Thompson's character. Beverly. Uh, yeah. Bev. Uh, I loved that Beverly wasn't just a damsel in distress as she actually got a few punches in two on her attackers in the alley. Yeah. That was nice. Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was awesome. Uh, and then we go and see her apartment. I don't know if you're if I'm skipping ahead too far. I, I think I have a few more things before that. Go for it. Go um, for it. One was the uh, the line of no more Mr. Nice Duck. Yes, um. <laughs> you can tell that that is something that big Howard the Duck fans have quoted all their lives. Like that's the moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I noticed this the first time that I watched this, but one of the attackers. Did you notice he has a whole bunch of baby faces on his jacket? I think that might be weirder than the talking duck. I wonder what his nickname is. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's such a. I feel like the nickname Babyface is more common than someone pinning a bunch to their jacket. So I feel like that's a weird, a weird way to represent your nickname. <laughs> but it's probably true. <laughs> um, the next thing I have, I think this might be the last thing I have before or we enter the apartment, is um another line where it was, you know, this is seriously starting to undermine my self esteem. I I really cannot get enough of these lines in the film. I I just love them so much. He absolutely speaks as the everyman. And I love that they set it up to... And that is more credit to the fact that he is supposed to be, other than his appearance, exactly like us. Like, he's just in a... He's in a... In a he's a... What's the word? Fish out of water? Duck out of pond? Whatever. But he's, you know, otherwise he's reacting the same way anyone would if they were in a place where everyone looked different. Um, yeah. And I love that. He's just speaking like a normal human. Yeah. So cool. Uh, and my, my next thing is once he got uh, into the apartment and it was like right after Beverly offered him to put some, th- uh, some water in a bowl and he asked, uh, he asked for a brewski. Uh, he, uh, I wrote uh, uh, the line that he had right after that where he said, I'll put you in a bowl. Give me a break. 
<laughs> I caught that too. That was good. That was a good uh, under the breath uh, moment. Yeah, when when we got to her apartment, Beverly's apartment. So as a, I watched so many movies from the '80s that all took place in big apartments in the big cities, that I thought that all apartments um, were dilapidated lofts that looked like they used to be part of a factory with neon lights and furniture stolen from diners. Like to this day, I still think I might believe oh, that about God. big cities. But um, the fact he walks up to the duck purse, the duck purse on her on her counter. And he's oh. like, what the hell is this? She's like, it's it's just a purse. And I thought if you walked up to a naked human being purse, <laughs> would you not be a little alarmed? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just perspective, you know? Oh my Shoes God. on the I other would, flipper. I would probably be like, you might be more crazy than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing to my people? <laughs> oh, God. Um, the next day I have, um, and this is the only other thing I had from while he was in the apartment was, damn, I would not have expected a film like this to deal with Howard having PTSD from, uh, and coming through that wormhole. True. True. Oh my that God. moment was, was heartwarming because you, you felt for him because this is this little quaking, little shivering feathered being is worried about another you know wormhole why wouldn't he mm-hmm. and uh very quickly we're on his side and and so is she she's so quickly his best friend she's gonna wow. give up her day tomorrow to try and figure out how to get him home barely knows mm-hmm. the guy goes through and- his wallet which was incredible like invasion of privacy the yeah. okay can we talk about the weird part in the wallet uh are you talking about the <laughs> the uh the condom <laughs> thank you thank you for not saying the the punny credit cards yeah no it was credit card credit card and then suddenly condom the condom's not wrapped in a wrapper are we under the assumption that like look i watched a lot of movies from the 80s but i don't know if they were as bold to go hard to say that this was a this was was this just an unpackaged unused condom it's the strangest thing i've ever heard yeah that's it's it's useless there's no use for that you can't mm-hmm. anyways maybe maybe uh, the 80s were a different time anyways i'll move past uh, <laughs> uh, um hey, you know i i'm really honest even though it is a human and a duck i honestly they made me buy into this relationship it, it works <laughs> like yeah. they have enough chemistry uh, yeah. in the film um yeah, uh, it's true. It's it's, when, an, it's an argument for love wins. It's an argument for that hashtag for sure. Like, and it was so heartwarming to see, like when he falls asleep and she uh, she puts a blanket or was it a jacket or something on him. Mm-hmm. Like that that was really nice. Yeah, it's a tender moment. They mm-hmm. they do have chemistry. You're right, and and for for what when the dis the suspension of disbelief is taken away, it is a voice actor acting with a little person inside a suit with an animatronic head and yet this animatronic head and voice and mm-hmm. actor all convey together this charismatic yeah. character so hey. well it's the reason that shit worked for so long it's and- the reason people went why did you make cgi everything yeah like let's go back to animatronics and- that are actually tangible um leah thompson did such an incredible job in these scenes because um 
she's working with this uh, this animatronic that's not speaking. It looks mm-hmm. like it's speaking, but they uh, I saw I read in for the production of this they had not got a casting for uh, or um Howard's voice pinned down till like a few weeks before it was released. Damn. Like they are something like that. It was like they did not have any casting while they were filming at all. So, uh oh, she was literally uh, a, uh, a making this seem very real uh, you know, with something that's not talking back to her at all. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is a testament to her acting ability. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for her. Um, the next thing I have uh, when uh, and I get to meet Phil, uh, immediately, so Phil walks into a meeting with his fellow scientists to tell him about Howard, but he stops himself after realizing how dumb it will sound. So he instead, he says nothing, which just makes them think he's crazy. Like, he, uh, he stopped them from thinking he's crazy by t- of, uh, from one thing, by making him think he's crazy some other way. Well, see, I, I took it differently. I thought that he stopped himself because he realized he, being the younger scientist of the whatever collective, um, he should take ownership and they should not steal it uh, from him, his idea. Maybe. Because he could easily just show them in the other room and them decide for themselves if he's crazy or not. But he goes, you know, he gets a little selfish. And it's like, I mm-hmm. didn't know whether or not we were supposed to like Phil right away. And I kind of, I eventually, it wasn't until he starts to include his other, like his superiors, like Dr. Jennings, that I was like, oh, we're going to have an arc with Phil where he eventually becomes, he has to, he has to give up the scientific discovery bullcrap and just own up to the fact that he can be a human being and care about Howard's safety and stuff. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird arc, but I was, I was going to say, when we saw him, I was like, Tim Robbins is not known for his comedy very much he's known for serious roles mm-hmm. mystic river shawshank redemption war of the worlds like he's always in serious stuff and he has been in some good comedies uh austin powers being one of them i think he has a cameo as the president but uh but yeah he yeah that guy is talented and i i like yeah. seeing him in stuff as goofy as this because he yeah. is a goofy guy now um another thing i had from the scene at the uh, at his lab, um, and I I understand from a production uh, point and point uh, how they did this, but I'm one I'm wondering from a um in universe, how did Phil sound exactly like Donald Duck? <laughs> like I understand how they would have uh, how they in the editing process made him sound like that, but I'm wondering uh, like how in universe did he just like. Like immediately was able to just sound exactly like how uh, like um Donald Duck. Well, there I you've have you never you've never met somebody who can do a Donald Duck impression like a damn good Donald Duck. The thing I is, can't is exactly like Donald Duck. I and, I know there are some people who can enunciate uh, better than others. My my dad maybe? could do a half decent Donald Duck, but he couldn't say a ton of words, and I can do even less. Like I can mm-hmm. basically just do enunciation, like like uh, onomatopoeias. Like I can make him say like. Like um, hang on. 
like that's it and that's terrible and like like his but my dad could actually get words out i know there were people who could do better than that and the guy who actually did donald duck wasn't too far off i don't know how the hell they do it they're pushing so much air into their cheeks when they do it i i I never understood that okay so people prided themselves on being able that was one of the first big cartoon impressions that especially like dudes in their 50s were really good at Oh man! So the next thing I have um is once they leave uh, a film, um, or, or how uh, how it sees a um screaming human, and he just responds, <laughs> "Typical hairless ape." <laughs> they look hungry. <laughs> Give them a banana. <laughs> After Phil's description of how humans came to be, and 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 Howard's immediate response is so dis- so disgusted by it like i i love that he just started looking at humans as just as gross and primitive as as just apes <laughs> he's just like man nope. yeah uh, that's good stuff you know, did you notice that they're, they're sorry if i'm jumping ahead but they have this fight at the at the fountain right outside and they're fight they, she's he says to her don't shed any tears for me lady and she says you can wallow in your own self-pity and i feel like those are more subtle duck puns shedding you know your feathers wallowing in water i, I don't know maybe i'm reading too much into this for the duck puns but i'm trying to count as many as i can <laughs> maybe um no you were not uh, uh see me ahead as uh the next thing i had was i as how again with uh, i hey i really feel sorry for howard's mental health like, and we see some more PTSD from him and like as he's seeing um all these duck hunting stuff on the TVs mm. yeah it was like oh my god well you're that's that's even after yeah I, the weirdest I, scene I, like I didn't know what to write with that scene though uh, and I don't and I don't the, even um the hot tub brothel yeah I, <laughs> I don't know what I don't that even, was. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it was. Here's some private rooms where we have some hot tubs. It's a bathhouse. It's like the shittiest version of a, I guess, a bathhouse. It, but it's oh like God. he he knocks his 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 mean boss into a tub of sludge, and that's rewarding. But it was the most disjointed moment. I feel mm. came out of nowhere. Um, but I, I mean, whatever. I mean, got yeah. us to the next part. Um, and like how he got uh, uh he got the job there is um he goes to this like job recruiting place and they uh they put him in a i you know they were they said it was just for people who were trying to not uh not, um work uh, uh trying to not be able to work but mm-hmm. if you look on the uh, if you look on the wall in that office it was pretty obvious that her office was for the uh, the children's jobs because there was a bunch of because uh, there was a bunch of um, headshots of children in there. Oh wow! So I'm wondering <laughs> if she was putting, uh, sending children to this bathhouse to go clean the clean the tubs or something. Oh, yeah, God. that was weird. I love that the guy called him a water expert. 
before you're my water expert and then he throws him into the water and he's like this is where we find out that he can't swim mm. he's a waterfowl that can't swim i like yeah. i like that little detail about him i i i to this day i would love to see a howard the duck either sequel or remake or whatever especially than uh-huh. than just like throwing him in and peppering him into the mcu but uh-huh. like bring that back because that's a great little detail about him yeah it really is um the next thing i have was that uh, this goes along with the PTSD where I was like, I, I'm so surprised at how many real life issues this film deals with and so openly deals with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want, I want to know your take on it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can, I can maybe see them, but I, I don't, I definitely didn't pick them out as much. Yeah. Well, the, the next scene, the uh, next, um, thing that i wrote down i'm not sure how uh, i if if i miss any scenes between here and the uh, air and that and here but um the next thing i wrote down was i uh, how i i wrote that that sentence before uh, uh, right now, after the comment from the manager about bringing beverly up to his room for um career manipulation mm. that and they, i those are some scummy dudes those yeah, three guys really i know are. i recognize two of the actors they always play scummy dudes and i can't imagine what that's like to be a character actor that gets cast yeah, in those that, roles constantly that, but those sound awful yeah but like you know you ever, have uh, you ever seen ferris bueller's day off no i have not oh man that is, yeah, one of the dudes the like most recognizable like I think rat kind of face looking guy with the longer hair and the goatee. He's talking with them. He's usually got like an open, an open dress shirt of some kind of awful pattern. Um, he was in not only this like late eighties, early nineties version of the Mario super Mario brothers. Um, but he was also in Ferris Bueller day, Bueller's day off. He takes the car the is the one of the, the friend Cameron's car, his dad's car, this perfect old uh, sports car. And as they check it into a garage, they say, oh, yeah, we'll take really good care of it. And then they drive it like beyond uh, the speeds of, of known <laughs> known exceptions. <laughs> and it's just it's a great scene. But he always plays those skeevy kind of like mm-hmm. garage attendant or like, uh, you know, lackey or, or henchman kind of characters. Mm-hmm. He's, he's perfect yeah. for the role. Uh, like I, I really wanted to mention this is like this came out in the 80s. In the 80s, uh, 80s and 90s, even the 2000s, a lot of these, uh, a lot of problems like this, they were not brought to light. Uh, <laughs> I, and they were more hit, they were hidden, really. And, th- and so that's why I was so surprised that this, and particularly even a film like Howard the Duck, would mm-hmm. mention things like that uh, and bring them to light. I, and I think that's amazing that they did. Well, I mean, we're talking about something that that culminated in a way with the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. So the, that that heavily took place on Twitter first, yeah. And that without Twitter, people weren't taking those stories seriously. So stories like that would always circulate, and I, you'd hear jokes made of them or references made of them, and people just thought they were few and far between. They didn't have them to happen that often because who would ever spill the beans? Who would ever actually tell the truth? And people weren't standing up for each other to, to, to like say, oh, actually, that guy does do that. 
because their careers were always threatened. Mm -hmm. So now you've got a world where everybody can share their stuff. And yeah, it does cause a lot of misinformation too. But if you want a fast reaction to have people back each other's stories up and defend each other, the Me Me Too movement was perfect for that exact thing. And you couldn't do that before the internet. You couldn't do that before social media. So Mm -hmm. as many bullshit things that social media causes... There's a there's a lot of good things as well. It's a double sided yeah. coin. Yeah, and, um, that's why I've, uh, I, you know, my mom uh, likes to mention a lot a lot about how she thinks that there's so much worse things happening in the world now than there used to be. Of like, uh, I, um, I'm like, no, there's always been these awful things happening, but people are bringing light to them. 100%. They are bringing light to them online, and that's why uh, that's why you're hearing more about them. They have been happening forever, but uh, we're finally speaking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like it's like it's the same thing with homophobia, racism, bigotry of any kind is happening. It has been happening forever. Mm-hmm. It's just when the hell would okay? First of all, less people are dying over it. Okay, maybe not less people, but the more attraction and attention that these stories get, the more people believe them and the more masses behind these stories. But when have we ever communicated with that many people until mm-hmm. the internet, the yeah. age of the internet now suddenly, you know, it's not just word of mouth. It's not just, Oh, you had to get that newspaper that exists in this city, in this city, but you, you're, you know, you're nowhere near it. So, yeah. um, but then it's just started, you know, people could take a newspaper and they could scan it and they could send it out to their friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, you could just get a digital, digital, digital article or a screenshot and immediately start sending it. And then now it's just stories straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It really is. Yeah. The evolution of people, man. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I hope that the duck people are quite as fortunate. <laughs> uh, so the next thing I wrote was, yeah, Howard, beat their asses. The manager and his friends really fucking deserve it. And then I love when Howard says, space rabies, just to get them to leave him alone. <laughs> Oh my god. I was I was delighted by that point too when he just he kind of like chases and you see him jump down from the bar and like chase the mob away a little bit and it's like you're the height difference is so fun. And he's mm-hmm. just scaring them all away with this little duck man. Yeah. You know, I honest, like, even though he's he's very short, but <laughs> um he knows quite there was food. not enough people who were scared by him in the film. <laughs> like I feel like, uh, like in reality, uh, a you would not be. Uh, you see this talking duck. Uh, you're not going to pick him up and take him to your friend and make a joke of him being, uh, being on a date with him. You're, uh, and you're gonna freak out. You're, like, <laughs> I, Very that true. Was, uh, that was one thing I I did think was really funny. How that just. It was very few and far between where people actually started freaking out when they saw him. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it, it, it should have happened more, but also what made me laugh the most is it took like an hour into the movie before someone said, get that guy out of that duck costume. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like, how has no one thought of that response before until just now? But yeah. uh, that was, that was good. Uh, um, uh, next I have 
this skips ahead a little bit. So I, I will just real quick mention like the scenes where it, uh, it skips over. Um, it's uh, I went through how the, uh, it was past where um Bailey stops seeing because she realizes the crowd is more interested. How uh, well she doesn't realize it's Howard, but she uh, interested in something else. And, and then we and um Howard going to give them their their money and. Uh, and how the scene where Phil's being really creep to the girls, uh, uh, but where uh, I um, that my next note was uh, was past all that. It was in the uh, it was when Howard gets back to the, the apartment, and I wrote how I love seeing Howard playing music and dancing. <laughs> I lo- I love the dancing. I love the scene where they're kind of flirting with each other. What I didn't love was the music choice. There was a score sound track that comes in that makes everything seem a lot more suspenseful and uneasy for such a strange oh. flirtatious scene. And maybe it was just, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, maybe I, I, I got to rewatch it or something, but that it seemed very oh. odd to me, the, the music choice at the moment oh. when he's talking I, about I, like. I hadn't noticed that, but uh, uh, you may be right. It was, uh, it may not have been a great music choice. Uh, honestly, I don't remember I thought, the dancing scene, so I think we're talking about two different songs. Oh, oh um, like Howard, like starts playing music on the piano or uh, or keyboard, and then he just starts uh, arts um dancing a little bit, uh, uh, moving back and forth. <laughs> I think you must be talking about different points then, because this yeah. is this was like score music that comes in right when she's like preparing the bed and he's like, Oh, I, I really could have come to, or have come to appreciate the female human anatomy or whatever. The, oh, that yeah, very a, weird moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, moment that Leah Thompson's daughter to this day doesn't understand what she's seeing. Oh, when she watches <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she catches that on yeah. TV. That's a weird moment. I, I really honestly found it hilarious um while beverly is in the bed uh, and acting sensual to howard and touching his chest oh my god that was hilarious it took over (laughs) it took it took such a turn at that moment when she started fucking with him and then she says to him you know i was just i was just kidding and then he's just like oh okay it got it got so it got so endearing at that moment when she admitted that she was just fooling around but it it went it took such a roller coaster these days that that mm-hmm. same scene today would not play as normal as it would have back then maybe i remember the scene differently but i seem <laughs> to remember howard actually telling her or no uh, uh no mm-hmm. i'm not he did uh, i don't feel like doing this yeah, he he stops her. He's like, he's like, I'm not into this. And then he gets all nervous and quaky. And then and then she's like, Howard, I was just joking. And then she like turns the light off or whatever. And he's like, Oh, uh, uh, hilarious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's God. back and forth. It's like, where is this going? And then suddenly she takes over, which is refreshing. And then and then he's oh. in a place of discomfort and then she just admits she was joking it, it was it was wholesome uh, and we, uh, we see phil and jennings and i think there was was it one other guy uh, there um yeah that the, guy doesn't who, get seen much yeah he doesn't come i don't like he go he drives with them i think and then he doesn't appear again uh i like, they uh, 
they see they, they what looks him. like uh, they see what looks like them um doing some things uh things behind a sheet <laughs> which freaks <Yeah>. them out <laughs> and then they're just suddenly like taller than the than the curtain they're just like peering over it all of a sudden you're like oh wait these guys could completely just walk up why are they walking up and why are they and they're like the door was open Oh, well, that makes yeah. sure. Come on in, <laughs> jerks. I think they, I think they had a line of this defies all laws of something. I, nature, I, I, maybe? Yeah, I think uh, nature. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Oh, man. I, the next thing I wrote, I, I'm not exactly sure what. Howard was saying this and uh, uh, saying this in response to with those uh, the three men. What, uh, but he said, "On my planet, we don't say die; we say kill." <laughs> yeah, I have. I have no idea what that would be in reference well, to at I, that I, moment. I, yeah, it was. He said it multiple times in the film. In that moment, and then once later in the film, if I remember right. Yeah. Oh, say no. die we say kill well wait, that's a good line i mean yeah <laughs> it's uh, kind of like the old game of thrones line like uh what do we say to the god of death not today and i always like that line mm-hmm. um when they when those science when the when phil comes back to, with the scientists and he introduces them to to uh dr jennings immediately because i know jeffrey jones the guy who plays dr jennings i know that that actor in so many other things that he always plays a villain. I was like, something weird's gonna happen with this dude. And I didn't, but in my wildest dreams, I never would have expected what happens with him. Oh uh, man, that was uh, that was probably one of my favorite things about this movie mm-hmm. um, is is the, yeah, the metamorphosis of Dr. Jennings. Uh, uh, they ask Howard if he has any questions and Howard responds, yeah, where's my pants? <laughs> oh, man. he doesn't want to be donald ducking it the whole time yeah yeah, yeah. um i and i have i had was where uh right after our phil was started trying to uh, to stop howard from going with them because he wants to make money off of howard and become famous mm. uh, as i was i wrote um can phil or four eyes as howard calls him in this scene which i don't understand the, uh, why he called him four eyes but does he have glasses uh, yeah he has glasses that's on. that's all that means okay. that's a silly terrible um, insult <laughs> uh please uh Elise, stop trying to get famous and making money off of howard that's very rude yeah no that, and that that solidified when i saw like i say like he brings in a guy who's known in the at least in the movies I've seen him in for playing a villain. I was like, okay, this means that Phil's character is going to have to betray someone who's a mentor of his or or look past at least the idea of becoming a famous scientist to help Howard because this guy's definitely going to be a bad, bad news character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect him to become a dark overlord, um, but I d- certainly didn't think he was going to be on the up and up uh, by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, honestly, I think uh, though I, I enjoyed him playing the, uh, a, the dark overlord. I, I also really enjoyed uh, just Dr. Jennings as well. I, yeah. I thought uh, he did, 
great in that role as well. Uh, um, I was very glad he came back to the side of the good by the end, and he was trying to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, one thing, uh, a from while they were driving to the lab, um, where uh, er, Beverly uh, he tells Howard, "I bet you were born from a very hard-boiled egg." It. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how amazing I if I was Howard in that scene, uh, aid, being told. I bet you were born for a very hard-boiled egg. <laughs> I feel like his reaction uh, to the eggs, the fried eggs later in the in the in the the movies, he has no idea what she's talking about mm-hmm. as far as the hard-boiled eggs even being a delicacy of some guy. He's like, mm-hmm. "What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about?" And then he finds out later that they like, eat I, eggs, I, and he's like, "What are you crazy?" <laughs> I, I'm uh, like, I imagine I'd be thinking that scenario like. You you think I was uh, born from something that was cooked to a point where I'm dead? Do you think I'm undead? <laughs> John, you may have crossed into the territory of looking into an egg pun or a duck, a Howard the Duck pun too heavily, <laughs> but in the best possible way, and I love you for it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I said I wrote with I found very weird. Um, why didn't Dr. Jenning come with them in the same vehicle to the lab? And like they find he's he was already there, even though mm-hmm. it would make sense he would be arriving near the same time since I imagine he would have left uh Beverly's house at the same time. The fate of Dr. Jennings was all weighing on whether or not they carpooled. <laughs> and that's very true. <laughs> if they had just all taken the same damn vehicle and saved some gas <laughs> and saved the ozone a little, they would have, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Jennings would have been fine. Yeah. It's plot. It's plot. It's in yeah, the script. It's very obviously it <laughs> plot. But, uh, I, when I was, I honestly had not noticed that the first time I watched back in November. But what this time I was watching, I was like, "Wait, he's not in the car. Uh, or where is he? <laughs> that guy's dying somewhere, <laughs> or getting, or getting possessed, or some shit. That's that's uh, where that yeah. guy goes off and does. Oh, uh, I have. I, I love how this scientist is freaking out about how." His eyes are burning. His eyes are burning, even though it looks like while well, most of his face is burned, his eyes are untouched. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's just been under a, a bad sunbed lamp or something. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Um his his metamorphosis into the overlord, um, which still doesn't have a name, right? It doesn't get a name, it just it it's a dark overlord. Yeah, it doesn't get a name in this. Um, it does have a name in the comics, which I will mention mm. during the trivia section of the episode. Okay. Um, yeah, he doesn't. He, he just. He his metamorphosis is very good acting on his mm. part. I feel not only for not only for scariness, but like his comedic relief in the moments where he's transforming made me very happy. And he's like some of the words he's some of the lines he's given. He delivers in such a way that is uh, even you know in a moment of serious stress um like i got one 
that I'm thinking of. He says, he's talking with the waitress and he says, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it. Hang on. Or you, you talk. I got to oh, find it. Oh, well, I was, uh, <laughs> um, oh, when I was first watching this back, back in November, I, I did not pick up on where the cop said, get that duck suit off of him. Oh, so really? I was wondering, why the hell are the cops stripping Howard? That's so weird. <laughs> like, that was the first cop to ever say anything like the idea that that could be a costume. And I was very surprised by that because, yeah. you know, it's it's the obvious, like, a suspension of I'm surprised you either do or you don't mention the fact that it could be that because it's the suspension of disbelief, right? That yeah. cop, what the only thing I recognize him from, and this is useless information, useless, it's trivia, though, Mm-hmm. Um, is he was on over 300 episodes of, of the original CSI and ah. his character, he was called Captain Jim Brass and he was meant to be the middle management to oversee the, the crime scene investigator guys, but his last name's Brass and that's a nickname that you give middle management in, in police hierarchy. So the fact that he was just called Jim Brass is like the laziest goddamn writing I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, that that that's a sign. Uh, oh, uh, when Beverly and Howard they uh, they are able to ooh, um hit one of the cops down to the ground, uh, and Beverly is able to get one of the guns. Uh, uh, they made a reference to the original Hawaii Five O, where he's yeah. like, "Book 'em, Ducko." And then he says, give her the cuffs, Flatfoot. And he's, he has flat feet. The duck mm-hmm. puns don't end. Um, and it's insane to me. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Um, the next thing I have is after they, uh, they find Dr. Jennings and they, uh, and they get out, uh, out to a car with him. Where I, I wrote, maybe you don't want to have the guy in excruciating <laughs> pain drive the car. Very it doesn't true. seem like a good idea. It's a it's a bad call. I love that. Uh, what became for more and more as it progressed, his his agony progressed. They they gave it less and less seriousness. They kept addressing him as if he's fine. Like, mm. oh my god, this guy just won't shut up about how much pain he's in. Like the mm. the two of them, Howard and Beverly, probably bonded more to me as characters in the way they reacted to Jennings' pain than the entire rest of the movie. Because he'd be like, oh, the universe is in jeopardy and there's something ripping me apart inside. What's wrong with me? And Beverly would be like, well, what did you have for lunch? Like, it was just, they just keep, they keep cutting through the tension together. And they're sitting there laughing at him at the booth at the restaurant. Like, it's it was a lot of fun watching mm-hmm. them just interact with this maniac. Yeah. Um... The next thing I have, I find hilarious how the window in the diner, when they park the car, it just starts vibrating like the surface surface of water acts upon certain sounds. I just thought that was really funny. It just was like... Very true. I don't know. I don't don't think that's how glass glass works, but... (laughs) Yeah, glass eventually would shatter. If it would vibrate at a high enough frequency, yeah, it wouldn't just start like bending back and forth, like, uh, like, like like what it would look like, yeah, like jello, like, like how the surface of water looks. After all, if there's certain sounds, um, 
and we find out that the laser hit a nexus point, which I think is even more backing for our multiverse theory. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is, that's, that's, I think Howard the Duck might be the first MCU movie ever. And I think we should tell the Avengers this immediately. <laughs> you know, now that you have watched this, you understand why I really want them to review this. Because I think it would be hilarious to see uh, them watch it. Because like, I don't think that they would hate it. I really don't think they would. I think they'd see a lot of fun out of it. I think that they're they're not. I mean, you're you're much younger than than all of us, and I'd say the fact that you enjoyed the hell out of it is a great testament to the fact that they should they will likely as well because they grew up when this shit was popular for kids. So to see animatronic characters like this that you're supposed to fall for just totally endear and, and fall in love with um, is exactly what uh, they grew up with as well. So I don't think they'd hate it either. They'd have to they'd have to unplug a little bit. I feel mm-hmm. they got to put their phone down. I had to do the same thing and I had to put the headphones in and ignore everything else going on and get into this movie because that's what it, a movie from 1986 requires. But yeah, um, yeah, Which, it's hard to do uh, these uh, days, but it's doable. Yeah. Um, it, I I am so oh thankful to Brandon for uh for how he has started almost every month now putting in their Patreon on um what's it called poll for a uh, poll for their monthly review they've started putting it in there just specifically for <laughs> me uh and, oh man I'm gonna vote like, for it next talked, time because uh, I I have. Uh, I've talked to him privately on Zoom where he's helped me a lot with setting up stuff for this um podcast. And like I, I was telling him how like, yeah, when I started asking for Howard the Duck, I was doing it just as a meme because I because uh, uh, I thought it would be funny. How, see, you guys have to watch <laughs> something that has such a terrible reputation. But like now that I've seen it, I literally want them to really because I think they would actually really enjoy it and it would be a really fun review. It's an underrated, for sure, underrated movie for the genre that we're talking about because comic book movie genre, t- you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had the sillier, crazier, funnier versions of comic book movies. We would have had the serious stuff. We would have had the Dark Knight. We would have had like the the, the first Thor movies. We wouldn't have had the crazier things that followed after and including Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah. a very different tone now to go back and look at something that would have had that similar tone. I, I truly think that this is the, the precursor to a version of that working again, you know, 30 years later or 40 years later, however long that, yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure. 19. Okay. So 2022 yeah, uh, minus 1986. So it'll, yeah, it'd be 22 <laughs> years before Iron Man came out. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, 22 oh. years before, and you've got something that, yeah, the reason that yeah. reboots and remakes happen is because they had a good idea, but maybe couldn't have ex- executed it the way they wanted to. Yeah. So and, those are the ones honestly, that should get remakes. And honestly, I think this was just a film before its time as well. Yes. Yes. Like, if it, this had been released, uh, it's now and it had like updated graphics uh, ace and stuff mm-hmm. i i think that people would actually really love it uh, uh like and i think 100%. they would love 
how much it um how much it has a lot of real life issues in it yes absolutely and imagine the overlord the the hardest pill to swallow in this movie is how the dark overlord alien looks outside of jennings body when he's um, you know the creature at the end imagine that same kind of creature given the treatment that the technicolor spewing creature at the beginning of guardians 2 where they're trying to save the amulary batteries um and he's our harbulary batteries or whatever the hell drax calls them um that that creature looks so damn real and awesome on screen and in imax and whatever imagine that same kind of thing attributed to a fight with a freaking duck and a girl from a hairband yeah (laughs) it's just it just it writes itself it's so much more fun yeah uh if i really do think it would have been uh, great and like we haven't seen the 80s really in the mcu so like if they uh so if they were to like remake this movie with updated graphics maybe you have uh, maybe you do the same story from this but have it be the seth green uh and howard the duck from guardians uh ends and have like maybe it end with the collector comes and picks him up that would be a great film honestly i would love to see a a shot of that um like a flashback almost like a oh, recreation yeah. of that final battle and then have it carry on from there. So the movie starts and opens with the big battle with the Overlord and Dr. Jennings and everybody. And then he just suddenly disappears. And then you catch up with him coming back to Earth and he catches up with Beverly and he catches up with Filzy and all these characters that he's come to know. I think that would be cool as uh, a, a duck. Cool as duck. <laughs> yeah. I said it. Cool as a, as a duck fuck. <laughs> That's right. That's right. If I was gonna get, I was gonna get a little more obscene about it. I'd say duck fuck. But you're right. That's <laughs> oh, which almost happened in the film. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, I'm not God. convinced it didn't happen after. You know what I'm saying? It probably. Yeah. Did. <laughs> oh, if they're both consenting duck adults, it's fine. Um. <laughs> uh, you know, I, uh, you've already mentioned a little bit about this, but I, I really love Howard's reaction to seeing the eggs on his plate. That uh, was really <laughs> hilarious. I think that scene in the diner in general pops off the comedy of the movie so many in so many ways. I feel like the, the first half, if any part of the movie, there's a, there is a second act that drags a bit, and then that part where they start talking with Jennings in the diner and him transforming into the overlord that starts to speed things right back up again. And there's like the interaction with the waitress and stuff and him saying like <clears throat> an evil, like nothing you will ever know will engulf the earth. And then crystal, the waitress <laughs> just says, no, nah, we get fights in here all the time. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. And then like oh, him, like saying um, Beverly saying he's my, you have to save him. He's my favorite duck. And then Jennings just being like, you hardly know him. Nope. <laughs> she, he's oh, pointing yeah. out truths. She met him like two days ago. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, really funny. That I was know. some meta humor that only uh, James Gunn could really mm-hmm. do in the MCU. Yeah, I have uh, I have a whole bunch as well of notes from that uh, scene. Like, so the first thing I had uh, was, why did the did the Dark Overlord decide he needs to blow up those ketchup and mustard bars? 
was testing. It was testing his abilities. I agree. Uh, a, a muster, at least, is quite disgusting. But some people like it. You don't have to blow it up. Uh, I know. I know more people. I think who hate ketchup. They're like, oh, the hey, smell of it. Ugh. Ketchup, <laughs> I really only eat with French fries. But but uh, but mustard, I don't like eating mustard in anything. Uh, yeah. Um, the best thing from that seat I had was. It probably wasn't a good idea to call the demon a jerk off. Um <laughs> or a jack off, I think fair. it's a uh, that's fair. But uh I, I loved using seeing Howard using pies to fight. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. He gets everybody and they just fall right into them. Yep. It's so funny. No, it's His like, arms are so like, short. Who uh, he's like, who wants uh, some? And they just like blinding up. Like, yeah, me, 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 I want some. Yeah, I want some. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, yeah, you got one too. You didn't see that coming. Mm. <laughs> it's like, how many pie, how many just whipped cream pies does this place have? There's uh, <laughs> awesome. Uh, nice, a pie yeah. fight. It was very much because people would joke. And I think, yeah, I even watched like the. Uh, um Siskel and Ebert at the time like you say this movie was before its time Siskel and Ebert at the time were the most popular uh critics and they talked about this movie and they said that this character was in the comics supposed to be like a Groucho Marx character if you know anything about Groucho Marx or the Marx Brothers they ended several of their comedy bits with a pie fight or a food fight okay. and it was like a callback to that kind of idea that this character is supposed to be an absolute you know um he would he would kind of uh screw with the the usually the one percenters or the the higher class mm -hmm. like a groucho Marx, which we didn't see a ton of that but it's like he's still messing with people who are bigots and who are who are you know being you know rude to him and they yeah. get a pie in the face and that's that's very groucho Marx of him yeah um uh, i said i wrote uh, we i love seeing howard swinging around the light fixture <laughs> That was a good visual. Um, that was very well done. We have uh, um, Beverly says, "Are you just gonna sit there?" And uh, Demon responds, "Well, he took my eggs." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So true. And, and a lot like, of good lines. But like Howard is being thrown around by people, and you just see in the background the demon sees this and he just starts laughing. And I, I'm like. <laughs> And it's not even like a maniacal laugh. It's just like he's just like, ah, ah. he's kind of enjoying. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's enjoying he's puny things. humans. Yeah, uh, my, one oh. of my favorites is he stands up. the The demon finally stands up, and he's got per producing this purple electricity around him, and he's zapping furniture, and he's showing much more power than he's ever shown. And the one, the one server just goes, "Oh, he must have had the chili." <laughs> I thought that was really good. That was oh. such good timing. Oh god, yeah. Um, I I the re I love the it was so hilarious the reaction from everyone when Beverly says that Howard is her boyfriend. Oh God! They all just stopped for a what? second from turning. That's uh, from disgusting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, like, there you go. Like, don't judge. Love wins. They're both consenting adults, and it's fine. They're both sentient beings with decision making of their own you know? you know, i kind of wonder 
what the furry community thinks of this film. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the amount of people that I hope have a persona uh, that is like that is like Howard the Duck. I would oh, love to God. see that. That'd be fantastic. Hey, can you imagine if someone having a fursuit that literally they also above their fursuit they put on like the literally exact outfit of Howard the Duck? <laughs> oh God, it would be uh, hilarious! Oh, got, like man. a cigar going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone preparing to cook Howard uh, was great. <laughs> I kept trying to put celery in his mouth, but like that's something you do with a duck. Like, 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 they started saying, no like, one eats the head. <laughs> they started thinking a bunch of different, uh, uh, different um dishes that they were going to make with him. Like, oh my yeah. god! I and then uh, another line from Beverly where uh, she says. I hate violence. You got to go over there and beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, good. That is a good line. I didn't catch that at all. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh the, the knife flying to Howard to set him free and then his reaction was just uh, so great. Um uh, I, I can't remember what, exactly what he said, but yeah. Oh man. <laughs> the uh, I wonder whether or Howard was floating was done with wires or if it was done with CG because it honestly looked pretty weird, uh, real when they uh, had him floating in the diner. It's probably wires. Um, I mean, it's possible. Like, I don't think CG for a movie with this budget would have been really all that conducive. Like, you saw yeah, how the saw, uh, you I, saw I, how I, the lightning looked. Yeah, they, <laughs> like the lightning was a little they, rough. They had but. like. Uh, it really felt like the special effects of this film, like whether they're practical or CG, like it felt like some of them, they're absolutely fantastic. And then yeah. other ones, uh, ones are just completely awful. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I think, I think when they started, especially when they very first started um, combining the two uh, practical and CG stuff, the CG stuff would probably be vi- like wildly more expensive at the time. Mm. And so the disbursement of how to blend it throughout the film was a lot harder to track down and a lot harder to plan oh, yeah. for. So like, if you go with like really, like it's almost like a, you ever watch, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? No, I have not. In Game of Thrones, especially the, the latter, like five, four, four or five seasons, you can tell where the budget goes in the season. There's one episode that has way more practical and CGI effects. And the rest of them are a little bit more story. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. Like everybody got excited for that big episode that had that big battle or that big dragon scene or whatever, because that's where all the money went. And yeah. it was like, okay, yeah. Getting this many extras is impressive, but it's not quite as expensive as making this dragon look real. So yeah. we're going to put all our money into this one episode. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like yeah, trying to figure out the like- right moment. Uh, yeah, every TV show they have to uh, they have to figure out in their budget how they're going to do things like that. And I know a lot of TV shows. I think they uh, they will always have at least one or two episodes a season where there's almost no CGI in it, and then there mm. will be uh, and that as a way to make it so big episodes like finales of seasons they can actually use their complete budget for it. All right, and they can use a little bit more because they didn't use it yeah. earlier in the season because they have a set budget 
not for each episode, but for each season as a whole. So mm-hmm. oh, they have to do that. Um, and like, uh, I, I watch, um, of the DC shows on CW and like, you'll see every season there's a, uh, there are episodes where there is almost no CGI going on. There's it's just like punching and stuff. Yeah. And then, and then you will see uh, a other episodes, particularly finales season premieres yeah. and then the crossovers they will have yes. always uh, a's they will use a whole bunch of uh, money for those and then they don't uh, then there'll be other episodes where they don't use much at all i remember seeing that when i i remember in flash when i was really big into flash i loved seeing a full body shot of king shark oh and i was like holy they crap did. they made that look that's the best thing they've done on screen as far as like, dc yeah, television they did, they did a fantastic so job on, on gorilla grod looks good too but oh, yeah. king shark that episode was so good and Have then you... I, it makes you think like oh. even older sitcoms like if you, you you know you hear the trope of like a flashback a clip show or a bottle episode it's because they just don't leave one room and they just mm-hmm. have clips yeah. that they've already shot or they have a bottle episode where they just have the entire episode have take place in one room together and that's that's a normal thing because seasons of uh-huh. shows had to pick their pick and choose their days mm-hmm. yeah to spend um, money. <laughs> and uh, you know you, you mentioned um both grod and king shark are be, uh, being looking really good have you seen the grod versus king shark episode like no that that is a really fun episode okay should, i haven't uh, i don't i think it was that. The season where is it a is it Elastic Man? What's um, the name of the guy? Elongated who, Man. Elongated Man. So the season where he got introduced is where I. It's not necessarily his because of anything specific that happened, but some other show probably came out or came back from a big break, and I started watching that. I have not gone back to the Flash since mm-hmm. Elongated Man was introduced, so oh. I need to go back to it because I'm sure that their there's their prior their uh, budgets went up and their well. Um, they've had uh, honestly the past few seasons, like it kind of feels like the like some of their budget has gone very much down for episodes. But I think that may be more of that it's because of COVID. There, uh, they aren't able to do nearly as much with it. It, um, yeah. The but there have been some good episodes in recent seasons, but it's, there's definitely not nearly as many good episodes in recent seasons as there were in the earlier seasons. Yeah. that's fair um that's fair i feel like it's really tough to keep that consistent i feel bad for all these shows that have just started ramping up and i feel like they could have gone so much further and so much better if they had not had this pandemic happen and obviously there's a billion other reasons to feel bad about the pandemic but it's just a shame with some of these shows yeah. that uh, we're just finding their footing some of them and, and honestly i i feel bad for those shows in that they uh and that so many people are um shitting on them because of uh, other things that they weren't able to do because of the pandemic and it was like you gotta understand they're not able to do the full things you want them to do because uh uh, they can't have uh have massive amounts of people running from a a bad guy because you can't have massive amounts of people in in a room together like that's not everybody has the money that shang chi had where they were able to take mannequins at that big fight club that they had 
with, with uh, Abomination and stuff, half mm-hmm. those people in the crowd were mannequins that were digitized later to right. move a little bit sometimes. Man. So it was like maybe like six feet, six foot apart, if not more, and then there'd be a real person. So uh, did, I didn't notice. Did you notice? No, I didn't notice. No. It's crazy. Yeah. Good to so, go. Uh, the next thing I have is the demon tells Beverly, I need your body. And Beverly responds, creep. I've heard that one before. All right, I wrote, God, this guy really is a creep. Like, oh my God. Sure. Yeah. And-, True. And, and to your point, like that's a type of thing that that they would, <laughs> that's kind of a little before it's time, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to that same thing. And then I, I, I wrote as well for that same scene. Nowhere else will you ever probably see a demon put his long ass tongue in a car later. <laughs> Very true. That God. was that was hard to swallow. No pun intended. That was tough to tough to watch. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was some that was some practical effects that I didn't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I- the next thing I have is while Phil is in the police car and, I, and he asks them, where's my baseball cap? And I just wrote, Phil, always looking for what's important. <laughs> uh, yeah, Phil, Phil very, I feel like Phil has a quick shift, but not that far. He's still Phil. And Phil, mm-hmm. I like that it becomes Philzy. I like that Howard starts calling him Philzy instead of, uh, you know, a billion other insults that he could give him. But uh, yeah. so his arc isn't that big, but it is at least enough for him to know or recognize that Howard is a friend and Beverly is a friend. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and they matter more than fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote it. That's pretty convenient that finding a makeshift plane right across the street from the diner. (laughs) What do they say? They say like, oh, this this person's hobby is going to become our best chance or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like flying or whatever. (laughs) It's it's, it's a nice moment. A little Uh, Wright Brothers uh, action. uh, I say I wrote uh, um is i i don't i think this is the same diner uh, as before um but we didn't see the name of it uh, before the police came the the name is dro romano's cajun sushi that's <laughs> that may be the weirdest name i've ever seen uh, I mean, for a diner that explains a lot more than I expected because like the mm-hmm. vibe in there with the waitress with the waitress is like bandana around her head. <laughs> I was like, wait, why the hell does she have like a sushi restaurant thing on her head? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting. And it probably asks more <laughs> questions as well that as it answers some too. I think it's it's perfectly making fun of American fusion. Mm-hmm. American fusion restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, the thing, what's weird is about it, I think, is that they, like, so this place is, I guess, a Cajun sushi place, but the specials on the menu are literally normal diner food. <laughs> True. It's just eggs. Yeah. <laughs> it's regular egg dishes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's the sushi exactly? Uh, it's just in their uh, attitude. And, like they, just... I, and none of the food that was thrown around during the uh, match day of the what you would expect from. Side like that, 
either. So yeah. I feel um, like it was a diner that was excited to have one sushi dish and mm-hmm. no one ever orders it, but they slap <laughs> it on the name anyways. I guess. Yeah. Um <laughs> I I love that Howard is trying to fly a makeshift plane to save Beverly. Mm-hmm. And also it looked actually very real. Like when they were flying that plane, that actually looked really real. Uh, I wonder if they actually flew a makeshift plane to make the film. It's possible. I yeah. mean, that would be in the trivia section. I have no idea. I it, it did look there's real. There's nothing though. on it uh, on about that on IMDb. So I don't I don't know, <laughs> but it's uh, it, I think that's really interesting how that definitely looked real. But then when they were <laughs> flying that, that it was it didn't look like there was a green screen or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I said nineteen eighty six especially that was some impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and I say I wrote, and this is when uh, and the Dark Overlords demon um went to the power plant. I wrote that one million kilowatts of power, uh, or um, I don't think, uh, yeah, one, one million uh, kilowatts of power uh, was what they said. That seems like quite a lot. Uh, and I'm surprised with how many Back to the Future references there are in this film. They did make it 1.21 million kilowatts instead of just one million. Um, because uh, because one point twenty one gigawatts is uh, uh which is one point twenty one gigawatts is what they say in Back to the Future. Yeah. That is one point twenty one gigawatts. That is one point one uh one point twenty one uh on mil uh kilowatts. Yeah, that wow. So, like they were so close to the actual number uh, that was yeah. in Back to the Future, but then, but <laughs> I, I'm really surprised that they didn't go for that. With how many Back to the Future references are in this, it just yeah. surprised me. Um, I, I, I say I wrote was from uh, as while the cops are chasing him as he's flying, and I, he's on top of that um truck, and I, I, I wrote. I wonder how it would feel to be chasing a duck and he drops a banner on your car that says duck uh, uh, and that <laughs> causes you to drive into the water. Dude, that's got to feel bad. <laughs> you got outsmarted by a duck. My favorite, the, earlier with that same, uh, this wasn't a big character. I thought it was very strange how much screen time he would get, but that, that cop character earlier, he says, how am I supposed to explain a manhunt for a duck? And then his assistant is like next in line is Lieutenant or uh, Officer Hansen says it's a duck hunt. And then he's just like, it just it just he's like, just don't start. Don't start today, Hansen. Like, I'm wondering what Hansen um, says on a regular day that makes him go like this is just more Hansen bullshit. <laughs> like, what, what, it's uh, a perfect answer. It's a duck hunt. It's not bad an answer I, at all. I took that as more of like he was just like. Uh, he was mad because he was like, "That's not what I meant by this. Like, I did not mean what got. <laughs> what are we going to literally call this?" He's like, "I can't say that over the radio, Hanson. Come on, God, you're demoted. You're you're back to the back to the desk. You're in through the mail room now." The next thing I had was I love the 
villain went and he's um he is stopped by a police uh, car and they uh, they ask him for his license and registration and he just uh, uh, and they call him Jack and he just says I have no license and I'm not Jack. <laughs> uh, I think that yeah his his character plays it very well. <laughs> There's a, that uh, actor I mean. Uh, the next thing I wrote and I, I understand this is definitely a plot thing but um if hitting one car with electricity exploded all the cars why didn't it also explode the truck mm. i feel like uh, like if it was going to destroy every other car uh, are there it probably would also destroy the uh, it would also blow up the truck but, not wrong um, i feel like his powers definitely. are few and far between as far as making sense yeah, I, 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 it's definitely like a very plot thing. Uh, yeah. Um, but he's an overlord. So, I mean, I guess that means you choose not to destroy the truck and the I, truck will be fine. Yes. <laughs> um, but it does wonders but, for your hair. And for this point on, I started, uh, I started following as Howard called Phil Filzy. So I started writing as. Filzy, uh, getting stuck under uh, upside down, hitting the water repeatedly was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that man. was good. Yeah, that was good. Him and Filzy made a good team by the end. I was very glad yeah. that Filzy had a very different uh, character by that point because he was he was incredibly annoying in the first act of the movie. But Filzy still was very uh, was very willing to sell Howard out. Like he, uh, as he, uh, uh, as um, immediately after the water hitting him repeatedly, uh, Ethan, um, the cops started shooting at them, and he, uh, he started saying, "Don't shoot! I'm an innocent hostage. The duck's a lunatic." <laughs> and you hear Howard say, "What?" And and um, then Philzy says. He's a duck terrorist. He hijacked the plane. Wow. There's a there. I remember a brief point of time when that joke would not have landed well. <laughs> no oh point <God>. intended. <laughs> that, oh movie, that movie has a very specific, that joke in that movie has a very specific place in time where it was okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I have as they're about to get to the lab where um this says uh, uh uh filzy says uh that was a lot of fun but i'd like to get off now slow down slow down well all uh, howard just uh, starts humming to himself um, oh my god it's hilarious <laughs> howard i think is a character that we could easily have his own movies now and i don't know why I don't know why people like would be he's, hesitant. He was supposed to have a animated series on um Hulu, but then uh, and um when uh, when Marvel Studios took over um uh, Marvel TV, they canceled it before they even started our uh, work on it. So mm. yeah, they uh, they Blame. had a whole bunch of shows that were supposed to come on Hulu. 
and then they decided to cancel most of them and only release uh, a um Modoc and Hitmonkey. Like wow, the they made uh, it through. The original plan was that they were going to have Modoc, Hitmonkey, Howard the Duck, and I think there was one other show. And they were going to uh, after they, the all those shows came out, they were going to put them together doing a parody show of the defenders that was called the offenders. Oh. <laughs> well, that and, is complicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the Howard, the duck show, I, if I remember, right, um, it was pl- uh, planned to be made by Kevin Smith, which I think that would have been uh, really interesting. Yeah, no, Seth green behind the voice and Kevin Smith behind the writing. I would absolutely watch that. That's a really good. I would love to see Kevin oh. Smith go back to doing um, comic book related comedy because yeah. I, I, I he, he's been doing his own kind of horror movies in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't. He I mean, ugh, he I, I'm not a, a big fan. Uh, he did a few years ago do um, the Jay and Silent Bob remake or yeah, re- yeah. Or reboot. And the reboot, then, yeah. And that he's also gonna be, I think, I think he has planned that he's making Mallrats two, and also I think Clerks three. Uh, yes, he's that had... Clerks three I had heard of. I know there's a documentary also coming out about Clerks, um, and his yeah. whole like basically his whole career. There's a documentary mm-hmm. coming out about him. So if that comes yeah. out right and... before Clerks three, I wouldn't be surprised. That's mm-hmm. good. That's good hype. Yeah, it, you know, like a Howard the Duck animated show being made by kevin smith that part of what interests me about that is i don't think i've ever seen anything animated made by kevin smith and i think that would be really cool to see there i know there is a silent bob and jay um animated series but i have not watched that yeah is there that i wondered about there's a clerks there's a clerks animated series is that the one that may be it yeah it might be the same one yeah because that that came out between clerks one and clerks two but after the popularity of i think three or four more of his movies came out Mm -hmm. and then people were like oh the guy who made clerks and then his career sword he has an animated series and it was it was pretty funny Mm -hmm. yeah the clerks formula works well for animated yeah um the next thing I wrote is when uh, when Howard and Filzy are trying to get into the weapons room, and like Howard has a kick strong enough to kick down the door, and I I wrote it though I didn't talk uh, really much about the scene earlier in the film, but I I wrote kind of as a callback to a scene from earlier in the film. I think strength might actually be one of Howard's powers. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean. The guy knows Quack Fu, and he's an alien, so there's really no precedence there for us to know what duck people's strength is. Mm-hmm. If they, especially if they've evolved from beyond the ducks that we know, they shed their wings, they become more upright, and they walk around like they could have easily developed super strength comparatively to to humans. So there you go. Yeah, super strength. That's um, that's a superhero. That's why he's in the end game fight. Yeah. He can kick some um, ass. Wait, you know, I honestly, and since this was, uh, was before I watched this film, the uh, um, 
before Endgame came out, uh, and I think it might have even been before Infinity War came out, uh, I wrote that I was hoping that um, that the collector sold the, I think it was a Power Stone. On, I was hoping that he would have sold it to Howard the Duck. And I was thinking, you know how hilarious it would be to have a scene where Thanos kills Howard the Duck to get the Power Stone? <laughs> he's like i oh, am inevitable God. he's like uh crap let me just let me I, just get one more I, puff of this cigar like, i feel like i because there's so many people who hate howard the duck i feel like <laughs> that would have been such a satisfying thing to a lot of people to see and i think it would have been hilarious i think the people i think the people that hate howard the duck have never watched this i can Probably. honestly say after seeing it they don't know what the, like I could see that I could see honestly, and I feel like I was one of those people once upon a time, not recently, but I heard that Howard the Duck would pop up in, in something now, and I'd be like, oh, that's a reference to something I've never seen. That's dumb or whatever. Or that's that's a, such a, a reference to a time where comics were dumb, and that's what I just kind of chalked it up to was that it was a time where anything oh. got made, and then nowadays it's like no people want to see the stuff that they loved growing up and yeah. if people were fans of Howard the Duck that's why he made it into mm-hmm. anything now you know, um give him a chance and then I go and watch this movie and love it and yeah. uh hey, you know history is made so I, I just thought about you know Emmy from the Avengers she uh he keeps bringing up how her favorite Batman are like the uh the corny um 80s uh, a's and 90s batman movies i think she would absolutely love this i think yes. that she would be a thrilled watching this um i think she would enjoy it more than the other two for sure yeah um yeah the next thing i wrote was how does this earth computer know the name nexus of Sominus when the uh villain uh and puts a uh, 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 it's in the coordinates. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, I mean, it was 1986. No one knew how computers worked back then. <laughs> oh yes, they're definitely of cosmic power. They can uh, tell what the name of another planet is that is not known to yeah. humans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I still don't really get HTML. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery to me. Is this be a JavaScript? Maybe that's what it was. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what I wrote was, hey, that's a big gun that Howard and Filzy grabbed. <laughs> Too big for those guys. Oh man. No. Like it kind of reminded me when I saw it of uh the when uh, uh when in the Avengers Colson use uh, uh uses the giant gun against Loki. Uh, he was like yes. oh, he's like, I always wanted to know how that does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what it does. Yeah. That was so good. He's oh, like, you man. lack conviction. And, and then they, they bring that gun back in Agents of Shield when uh when Fury shows up near the end of the first season, where uh where he's like, I think you like this gun. Uh on uh and he and Coulson's like, Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I mean, it's, you know, it may not have done everything he wanted it to, but uh, oh, man. it was still a lot of fun to hold. Yeah. You had, the, you, had the, you had the power of the destroyer in your hand. It was pretty fun. Um, 
I, I really enjoy watching Howard drive around in the gunner vehicle. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. That was uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, I love how Beverly and Filzy are arguing over who's had a worse night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I was arrested. I was put in a cop car. And she's like, uh, excuse me. And then she mentions the like cigarette lighter. He's like, oh, gross. <laughs> 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 At least they can find common ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the nice thing I have is when uh, uh, it, the overlord leaves the body of uh, Avi of Jennings and and we finally see it in all of its CG glory, I guess. Uh, as and the really reason, a big reason I I even it's memorable. I think is how is it looked like they made a physical creature for it, and then they used a green screen or CGI'd yes. it in, which I find Absolutely. such a weird thing. Why it's, would you create yeah. a physical thing size and then make uh, I guess like, like it's purely size have- they create I'm looking at it right now it is a that thing is a rubber puppet that they then had to like, make gigantic it's probably the size of a hand they they definitely would have had enough money in the budget to make a full size one uh, and not make it look uh, uh, not it just be so weird that it's Definitely a real thing that they definitely CGI did. <laughs> well, just think of how much material it takes to make a puppet, you know, 20 sizes, the time, yeah. the 20 times yeah. the size of something this big. So they make this. This costs about like maybe 30 bucks, maybe maybe 200 to make it look good. Have it like all animatronic or just by fingers. And then they just blow it up on a big screen. That's that's a lot cheaper than making something that's 60 by 60 feet big. So, yeah. it's, I mean, that's how they did most of Star Wars. The mm. early Star Wars, that's, you know, all those it monsters looked better, were tiny. It looked so much better in Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. I mean, it didn't yeah. look great <laughs> in Star Wars, but it looked better than this. That's very true. Like, very oh my true. God. I have tried looking <laughs> back at those original Star Wars films and, like, there are definitely a, a lot of things that do not, not age well. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it takes oh. a lot more. Thankfully, they have such good stories um, that if you're really, yeah. yeah, if you're really into them. For me, it's it's always hard for me to gauge how, how the average viewer could watch them and get into them because I, I mean, I've just, I just accept that they look that way yeah. because they didn't have the money or the technology yet. I just yeah. I just love them for the fact that they the place that they hold in cinema's history. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that just like okay, I got to love them because wow, did they ever spawn so many more great things as well as they were the first at the time no one had seen something like that. Yeah, and I like I've heard so many uh, I've heard so many things of how like people back then they were like, "Oh, this looks so realistic and stuff." And like uh, and looking <laughs> back on it now, I'm like, this is so <laughs> obviously toys. Yeah. Well, just this imagine so uh, obviously toys. if you'd never seen a gigantic image moving on a screen, people, have you ever heard about the, the uh, I think it was called The Train, honestly, one of the first motions, motion pictures before sound involved 
one of the first motion pictures they projected onto a screen in a theater was called The Train. I could be wrong about the name of it. But it was just an image of a train, a video of a train coming toward the camera. And it breezes by the camera. And in that screening room, people in their first viewing of it were scared. They thought the train was going to hit them. They'd never oh, seen it before. It was magic. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. To their knowledge, their, their little tiny brains compared to our big brains filled with all the things in the, mm-hmm. in the, on the internet that yeah. we know about VFX. It was, uh, you know, novel for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, <laughs> hard hard to imagine for sure, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's funny to me uh, that people were scared of that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I said, bro, it is the Overlord's beam phasing Beverly and Filzy out of reality. Which I didn't get that either. I thought they were dead. I was like, why are they? He's like hitting them with the same beam that blew up a bunch it, of cars, was it not? Uh, and then worried me like after he had stopped uh, up to, um shooting it at them like they were still uh, uh um phasing in and out of reality for a bit i was i was like wait he stopped hitting them why are they still like this yeah it was it was it was tricky trying to track what the parameters of the overlord's abilities were mm-hmm. like how powerful was this guy and like okay he could just do whatever he just blew some breath at people and they flew back like okay mm-hmm. what else he got yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it, you know i honestly do feel kind of bad about how i did not have much about this like uh, this um the final battle but like there's really not a lot to say about it uh, it's not about, it was uh, they it's, it's harder to get through than a lot of the rest of the movie. And that's the way a lot of movies, good movies with great concepts have bad third act problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's one of them. It's, yeah. it's hard to really make that interesting. I, I did really enjoy Howard messing with them while they thought he was dead and like, they're crying over him. And then he's like, Howard is not here. <laughs> And then he just snaps up. He's like, oh, I don't know. Got into me. <laughs> just, just, just messing. Oh, that's great. that's great. Um, And then I, uh, I, I wrote how I love this concert ending and they made him look like Marty McFly. And then yeah. particularly, I love the original song that they made for this concert. I thought that was really yeah. fun. Yeah, uh, the Howard the Duck song at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. And it was a very much a, a thing of the times that followed, like any movie that was in that genre of, okay, this is insane. We want you to love it. Uh, Ninja Turtles did the same thing. They wrote a song for mm-hmm. that movie and they wrote a Ninja Turtles song. They wrote an Adam's Family I, song. They made a new content song for the end of I most think, movies. I think, though, it works best for this film um, because of the fact that Beverly is a uh, is in a band. So mm-hmm. it 100%. makes sense for uh, and, and with how he became their manager during the film. So it makes sense them finishing the film with continuing that. This is definitely one of the earlier ones that ever did it. Maybe one of the first ones that ever did it. So 
for it to make way more sense in the context of things like them having a band. Like I'm pretty sure Ninja Turtles just ended Ninja Turtles 2 just ended with Vanilla Ice coming out and singing a song that he had somehow made up in his head about the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but he was there in the movie as a cameo, so why not make a song? Yeah. yeah uh, um <laughs> so my I final thoughts on the film. Um um I expected to hate this film, obviously, because it's, I knew the reputation. But I honestly got to say, Howard the Duck is fucking amazing. Mm. And I highly recommend watching it to anyone who has it. And I really wish this got a sequel. Yeah. Are there any final thoughts you have uh, on the film? To me, it was it, this movie, especially when it took off with the Dr. Jennings turning into an overlord and having more characters than, than just Howard creating the weird universe like at first it was just kind of like i say a duck out of water kind of comedy and kind of a tragedy at times but then oh, yeah. when they started bringing in other out, uh, otherworldly characters it felt very much like this is clearly something that james gunn had in a, a big place in his heart when he wanted to make a lot of the movies that preceded the guardians movies but also the guardians movies themselves are a family friendly version of what he does best and he likes weird cosmic comedies. Yeah. He likes great music. He likes characters like Rocket, especially. It makes me think about Howard the Duck a lot mm -hmm. in the jokes that they make at, at Rocket's expense about just being a weird, tiny, little, you know, unassuming badass. Um, and in so many ways. And yeah, it was just felt like if you were going to have a precursor to something like we have now with Guardians, I'm if it wasn't for movies like Howard the Duck, we wouldn't have as much acceptance and, ex and excitement for strange, funny cosmic comedies like Guardians now. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And like, I'm so glad you brought that up because I hadn't thought about that really at all while watching it. So it's that's one of the reasons why it's so nice to be able to actually have someone I can talk about this with. Because like the uh, like, there's so much to this film that it's something that deserves talking to people about. It's not something that you just silently enjoy to allow uh, and aren't able to really talk to anyone about. Um, this is a film where I, I imagine, even though I loved it just uh, as watching it, I I think. If I had a bunch of friends together with me at the same time, it would be even more of an enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree that that is a this is a watch party type thing to throw on and watch with a bunch of friends and really, you know, especially friends who like to talk about cinema and like talking about um, things like the MCU. This is some this is some great stuff. This is I, and I'm glad to hear your uh your insights on it too because i i like i was just sitting here in, in a you know a bubble a vacuum uh you know thinking about the things that i took from it and i was very glad to hear your thoughts as well yeah uh, you know i remember talking to you like uh, i i don't remember if it was um uh, when it was but i remember you say like i you weren't going to watch this probably with your girlfriend because you didn't think she would probably like it but or uh, but I honestly, because it's not really like a normal superhero film, I think she might still enjoy it. 
I think the fact that she even would consider dipping her toe in the world of furries, uh, she would like this movie a lot more than she knows. (laughs) (laughs) And that is something I will never tell her that I said on this podcast. (laughs) And you don't say, don't tell anyone uh, other than all the people listening. Yeah. uh, (laughs) And I I don't know your girlfriend, so I can't. uh, So I wouldn't be telling her either. So. (laughs) <laughs> hey, it, it's one of the qualities that made her from my girlfriend to my fiance. I accept yeah, everything and everything, anything and yeah. everything about her. Yeah. Uh, hey, that was my immediate thought when you told me that you don't think your uh, your girlfriend or your fiance would want to watch it with you. Is I was like, this is not your regular superhero film. This is not gonna. Uh, she may actually have a different opinion towards this than she would with those. I think it's one of those well, things I, I would put tell on. you that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if we had, if her and I had a nice um, uh, uh, weed gummy, and then just sat on the couch, yeah. and it just happened to be on, she'd original, she'd have originally maybe be doing something else, maybe cookie clicker or something, and then she'd look up and be like, "Oh, what's oh, what's that funny little duck?" And then she'd just be immediately enthralled by the adventures of the funny little duck. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've <laughs> never, I've never done weed gummies but i i do feel like like being that calm um and watching this would be a really fun experience yeah if if you take them in lower doses especially you don't need a lot but Mm -hmm. it just if you have any preconceived notions of what movies you think you like and you're like oh i wouldn't like that because it's black and white or i wouldn't like that because it's made in this year you just you start to put down those defenses and go oh someone made this story whatever the hell year doesn't matter and they you just kind of go okay this is storytelling regardless of what year it came out and what you know I, I what wonder, story is being told Give i, I wonder if that's uh, that's how um my brother was when he was uh he was watching hamilton and with my sister-in-law because like they were both high as hell at the time and i <laughs> Uh, and, and like I was watching it with him uh, uh, for a while, and I was just like, "This is so boring." While well, they are both <laughs> getting into this like like crazy of like, I don't understand why you're enjoying. It. It's like, uh, don't get me wrong. There's some great songs in Hamilton. Oh yeah, but as a uh, but as a film as a whole, I could I could not get into it. And well, sorry, yeah, I don't really have anything more there. Well, the, the the same thing with like we me and me and my fiance watched Hamilton and I had varying opinions about it, but we watched Encanto and I didn't tell her that Lin Manuel Miranda had anything to do with Encanto and she does not really like him. She finds him oh. kind of cringy. She's like, eh, I think he's really full of himself, or I think he's he doesn't have a very powerful voice or whatever. And whatever her opinions aside, she didn't know that he had anything to do with Encanto. We watched Encanto. We got into it by about the third song. We were like, okay, this is awesome. And then by the end, she was like, that was really good. And I was like, did you see whose name's coming up? And then she comes up and she's like, oh, you tricked me. <laughs> she was like, sorry, the guy's talented. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, I was watching... Um, some weeks ago uh have you ever seen the uh, in the tv show house md um i my, my roommates were big into house when i was living with them for like four years uh, they were nuts about house constantly so uh, i i didn't really watch much of that when i was a kid but i, uh, but I always knew of it because i was like 
uh, I watched a lot of like those procedural TV shows and um, mm-hmm. I was I, I like uh, about a month ago I was uh, I was binging house and there are a few episodes in that that have Lynn Moran and well Miranda um in it yeah this is before he's done Hamilton this is before his mm-hmm. career popped off and like he mm-hmm. in the show uh oh he was like doing this exact same thing he became known for of creating song out of like these regular uh or um situations sort of like how uh, the main character in tick tick boom does uh us where he's yeah. just randomly just starts uh, uh making songs up of thing uh yeah. and like i thought that was really cool how like this like he create as this character in the show who basically is doing what he does in real life uh i as a career and in the show like he was uh, he was in a mental asylum because they thought he was crazy and that that's why he's <laughs> doing all these um songs all the time but yeah i just thought that was a really cool thing that's awesome that's it seems way better than my first experience with him which was he was basically like a day player in an episode of the sopranos when he played like a bellhop and he was pushing a pushing a big cart and tony soprano was like Hey, what hotel is this? And he's just like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I was like, that was it. I was like, Lin Manuel Miranda was in that. He was in it for three seconds. Who was this guy? It was just, it was such a weird choice. But I was like, wait, okay. I mean, every actor's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for cussing. If I cuss too much, on I don't. Your... I don't care. Like I set these all too explicit because I. Because, like, this is a, this is a show where I'm like, I don't care. I'll, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be how I am in real life. Uh, like, I don't cuss all the time in real life, mainly because I'm around my mom all the time. But, uh, and I know she doesn't like it, but I do sometimes when I get it, it um, heated about sighing, I will, I will curse. And that's uh, so, and when I'm with, of people like you who don't care i'm like yeah i'm not going to like restrain myself at all <laughs> okay good to know yeah good to know i was the one who got my mom cussing like a trucker it's quite interesting yeah, yeah uh, I, I think it's funny <laughs> i was probably the first person in my uh, of my brothers who actually heard my mom ever say the f word <laughs> that's like, a fun moment <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I was, I was egging her on where because a few years ago for my birthday, I, um, I made it to my my birthday, um, fundraiser thing you get on on Facebook. I mm. I did fuck cancer as the as mm. it and like my mom, I was like, why would you want to do like a sign that's like uh, with that name and like because i think it's a great uh, a charity and i and like i agree i agree (laughs) fuck cancer and right i and um i was like uh, and i kept egging her on me uh, on be like 
So uh, I am what was word that's uh, that is so bad that's in it, and I kept I kept it on until finally she was like uh, she just said fuck. I'm like yes, I finally got you saying. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man. So we have some trivia from the film. Uh, um, these are all from IMDb. So, according right. to reports at the time of the movie's release, George Lucas had uh, had just built the $50 million Skywalker Ranch complex, and he was counting on this film to get him back in the black. When it bombed, he was forced <laughs> to sell off assets to stay afloat. His friend Steve <laughs> Jobs, the CEO of Apple, offered to help buy, uh, by buying Lucasfilm's newly launched CGI animation division for a price oh well God. above market value. Lucas in dire straits and thankful for the assistance agreed. That division of Lucasfilms that was sold off to Steve Jobs eventually became Pixar Animation Studios. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Pixar. That's amazing. Holy mm. shit, Howard the Duck had such a huge role in yeah. so many movies then. Oh, and not oh. even the ones that it inspired by it being the type of movie it was, but oh, oh my God, that's insane. Yep. I didn't know that. So if Howard the Duck had not failed, we wouldn't have mm. Pixar. It, it does make me wonder, is, though, yeah. uh, what a Lucasfilm's animation studios would have been like. I mean, it all it all ended Earth. up in the same camp yeah. now, right? So it's all owned by Disney. Yeah. And so we get Star Wars, we get we get Pixar, we get Disney stuff all <laughs> toiling around in the same pot. The and so you I, get things like, like the Bad Batch is amazing, and like like the the look of everything. This looks... would have been Lucasfilm's animation in the eighties. And that would have been mm. very different from anything we got uh, today. True. And I, and True. I, I don't, I don't know what that would have been ended up being like. And I, I, I imagine that they would not have come out with anything that was nearly as good as wasn't Pixar's first film like Toy Story or something. Toy Story was a was, big one, but it was before that was before they were picked up by Disney too. So that was yeah. like the that flagship. Was movie of theirs mm -hmm. yeah we wouldn't have gotten toy story most likely if the if howard the duck hadn't bombed yeah we might have gotten we might have gotten animated series by our star wars animated series sooner than clone wars but we would not have yeah. gotten toy story which then led to bugs life with which then led to we, you know nemo and everything else it's crazy we probably would have gotten a howard the duck animated movie um <laughs> 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 which i mean i'd rather get it now i'll be honest with you yeah <laughs> i'd rather um, get it now than following this one immediately i think this one needed some time to gain traction especially seeing that it didn't make back its budget when it yeah. first came out yeah um and i said i had was universal executives sid shenberg and frank price were allegedly arguing about who was to green who was to blame for greenlighting this film and that argument ended in a fist fight and i should say uh, that i was allegedly arguing uh, a that's what it says on imdb they were allegedly arguing 
yeah. clean distinction. It's a good call. Yeah, I, I did see that like five minutes before we started rolling was uh, that two execs were having a fist fight of who greenlit this shit. Yeah. Who the hell? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next I have is that Howard the Duck made his second cinematic appearance in the post credit scene of Guardians of the Galaxy from 2014, which was exactly 28 years and one day after Howard the Duck's theatrical release in 1986. Um. Wow. I like to think this the voice is different so much that I like to think this is an older version of the one from this movie. Mm-hmm. Like this seems like a mid mid maybe yeah. early 20s or no late late 20s early 30s Howard and we're seeing like oh. a yeah like a mid, like a late 40s early early 50s mm-hmm. Howard in the new ones. You know, I I kind of wonder um since the actor who voiced Howard the Duck in this, he is still alive. I wonder if he would have come back if they asked him to. Knowing how popular Marvel is now. I think or that... if he would be not wanting to because of knowing how people were angry after this one. I think if the character and the, and the cult following of Howard the Duck was bigger than they would have had him. I think that they were just doing a nod when they did him in the couple cameos and guardians that they were going okay this is a deep cut that a very few people will like let's get a famous guy who probably also likes him and it was seth green doing his best you know his best howard the duck voice which was different but knowing seth green i imagine he probably would have been a fan of this film i think so too yeah Yeah. um especially growing up at a time he was in movies when this movie was coming out like he was like six to seven to eight years old when this movie was around and he was already in them yeah and uh yeah starting his career yeah um so the next thing i have is the evil overlord is based on the marvel villain who originally brought howard to earth his full title in the comics is thog the nether spawn overmaster of Sominus. Damn. Yeah. I feel like the further we go with the MCU, especially, we're going to see more names like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine if anyone's going to have that long of name, it's going to be a joke in the MCU. Like, <laughs> yeah. There, I, if yeah. they're a, like an actual character who's going to have, have a big role, they would not probably give them that long of a name. Very true. Um, it, yeah. it's, it's the type of name that that if uh, Downey Jr. was still in the series, he would have been like, okay, Squidward. Like, he would have just cut him off and give him some other nickname instead oh, and shut him right down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next I have was the movie was nominated for seven Golden Raspberry Awards in <laughs> 1986, including Worst Director, Worst Original Song, Worst supporting actor and um the picture won four Razzies for worst new star, the six guys and gals in the duck suit, <laughs> worst visual effects, worst screenplay, and worst picture, of which in worst picture it tied with under the cherry moon. Um never the, heard of that. Yeah, I have never heard of it either. Uh, shortly after the movie was released, Frank Price um, quit his job as the head of Universal Studios. The studio that funded the, the studio funded the film 
Variety uh, a, um, reported the story of him uh, um, leaving uh, a Universal Pictures with the headline, Duck Cooks Prices Goose. Um, God, that's so lame. Due to the movie's disastrous box office performance domestically, the title was changed to Howard, a new breed of hero for release outside of the U.S. I did see that. It was released in Japan or something with that, yeah. or France with that same name. That's a good name too, though. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It would work for this. Um, John Cusack. And Martin Short both auditioned for the voice of Howard. John Cusack. Yeah. John oh, Cusack damn. and oh Martin my God. Short. Yeah. Wow. That would have been way bigger. There, They're both it, huge now. Well, Martin an, Short the, still is huge. There's another name that I have. Uh, I have a, a, another trivia thing. That it, it is even bigger. Uh, but oh first, before I go to that one, I have uh, the original Marvel comics were similar to the style of Deadpool, actually, with adult oriented humor. And this was significantly toned down for the film to make it appeal to younger audiences. Yeah. Um, and like, I honestly feel like I would have loved to see, uh, uh, see this <laughs> even more if it had uh, had adult oriented humor or mm-hmm. uh, for a lot more of the film. There was definitely some in there, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So the next thing I have, I have, this is a really, really big one. So in July <laughs> of 2021, actor Chip Zian, who is who voiced Howard in the film, revealed right. in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter for the film's 35th anniversary that Robin Williams was originally cast for the role, but Robin <laughs> quit after only a week of frustration over syncing his voice to the duck's automatic animatronic bill. The actor to voice Howard had not been cast yet during filming. So all of Howard's lines were read on set by the puppeteers and the bill was moved to fit their bland delivery. That made it impossible for Williams to use his wild improvisational style in Mm post-production because it didn't work with the bill movements. Yeah. I think the only, the only two, and maybe there's more, but the only two uh, inferences or instances where I remember Robin Williams doing voiceover work was the genie in Aladdin and Batty in uh, uh, Fern Gully. And in both of those, I'm pretty positive they did animate it after he had a chance to improvise in the recording booth, mm. and that's that's the best way to have Robin Williams be in anything. Well, yeah. So yeah. that's a, that is a shame that they could because you could you imagine it can be a completely different movie. That movie oh, would have exploded. God. Oh my god! Because that really was like they had great written jokes. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But the written jokes plus ad lib like that would have been explosive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, like, it, that would have either made it probably be one of of either one of Robin Williams' biggest films, or it would be the film that destroyed his career. <laughs> yeah, well, that 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 guy bounced back from a lot of shitty movies. I'll be honest, he yeah. he was like a skipping stone. Somehow, the movie, the shitty movies, just didn't stick to him for very long. Well, yeah, he was just nice. too good of an actor that uh, that the films he's good in he. 
shines so oh much. Um, yeah. so this is one of only two films based on a Marvel comic to win the Razzie Award for Worst Picture, the other being Fantastic Four 2015. And oddly, in both cases, it tied with another film for the award. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, another, wait, it tied for it t- not uh, a Marvel. I, yeah, uh, uh, so both uh, Fantastic Four 2015 and Howard the Document, uh, they say, say uh, a both uh, uh, won the Worst Picture Award, but uh, in their years, picture. they uh, there was an, uh, there was all it, they both tied with another film. Do you have them? Um, I don't have the one that was with Fantastic Four, uh, or but as I said earlier, the for the uh, you already said you don't recognize the one that was with the Howard the Duck, okay? Um, the uh, and the US uh, US TV version of the film adds extra bubbles to hide the chest area of the female duck in the bathtub. Um, <laughs> of course. Howard the there was a actually a video game sequel to this actually called that uh, was called Howard the Duck: The Adventure on Volcano Island that released the same year as this release. Um, uh, and then we also uh, then we have last bit of trivia from IMDb was. The police lieutenant Walker is a nod to voice actor Frank Walker, who he voiced uh, various cops and sheriffs on Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? He was also the voice of Fred on that. And then after that series, most other series after that, he continued voicing Fred, and he was also the voice of Scooby and and everything after that if i remember right oh my god what yeah. a nod that's impressive mm-hmm. the the 25 the 2015 2015 the 2015 uh movie that uh fantastic four tied with for the razzies was 50 shades of gray ah. <laughs> rightfully Which, so i i have not Wait. watched 50 shades of gray but that's fine uh, but I'm okay if we never I'm watch very... that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just have, uh, have to make sure you don't uh, betray me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be on as many podcasts as I can. It's <laughs> my rule. Oh man, <laughs> my contract. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I imagine. Even even though uh, I have not seen uh, a Fifty Shades of Grey, so I, I I don't know how bad it's it terrible. is. I I feel like it probably is worse than Fantastic Four from twenty fifteen because like I I'm not a fan of of the twenty fifteen Fantastic Four, but I don't I honestly don't think it is as bad as most people say. I think there are uh, there, uh, it ha- uh, it's. I think the worst thing that could be said about it is it's it is a little bit boring. But there, uh, but they. I think if uh, I think if they added more action to it and some more comedy to it, it would have been probably close to as good as the two thousand five Fantastic Four. Um, mm. 
I I, I, I don't fair. think they had a bad cast uh, as for the it film. was it was too dark and like you say action yeah. and comedy would have absolutely helped it. It had a fantastic cast. Uh, some of those actors went on to do great things afterwards and definitely oh. did great things before. But yeah, that shit and was uh, convoluted and will, took too long to give them their powers. Yeah. I, I will never forgive them, though, for taking the thing's pants. <laughs> As you shouldn't. <laughs> Unforgivable. Uh, so the answer to the trivia question from earlier was, Splash Dance, Breeders <laughs> of the Lost Stork, and Little Chickadee. Little Chickadee, that was the one. Uh, W.C. Fowles and May Nest were in Little Chickadee. Mm-hmm. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant oh, duck puns or bird fowl, bird, waterfowl puns. Chickadees are <laughs> waterfowl. They're regular fowl. Never mind. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Is there any, any final things you want to say before we end this off? Um, this was fantastic. I think this is our favorite. This is my favorite episode we've ever, we've ever recorded. Um, yeah, as I much as I love well. watching the 70s Hulk. I'm excited to watch the next the next 70s Hulk, believe me. But uh, this was so much fun and such a yeah. silly delight and a surprise and, and a delight. And I'm glad you loved it, too. Yeah. All right. So. Thank you for listening. If you like this gamma analysis, please give a five-star review. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the film, so please let me know. And if you'd like to listen to more from me, please subscribe. Many more gamma analysis is coming from me, so keep on the lookout. This again is your host, Smash Trivia John, signing off. And I want this to be a warning for everyone of what will happen if you betray me. Hey, everyone. Future John here. I just want to let everyone know that the episode that was supposed to release today, where I forced the Avengers to rewatch The Incredible Hulk, has had to be delayed to March. I really hope you've enjoyed what is now the season finale, and I can't wait for you to hear the season two premiere in March. Thank you for your continued listening, and I hope you stay with me through this break because I have some really really fun ideas for season two this again is your host smash trivia john signing off